If you weren't here last uh, Sunday or you didn't hear the announcement on Easter, we're going into a six month uh, a study investigation of the book of Ephesians. And I have people all the time saying, well, I, I don't read my Bible because I don't know where to read. Uh, well, we're going to say for the next six months, we're going to read in the book of Ephesians. So uh, I want to encourage you to get in there and take a look at that. Every uh, a week there should be in your bulletin, in the announcements, a place where you can be able to see what I'm going to be sharing on the next week. Actually, we'll have it a month at a time. So what you can do is read those particular verses, think about it a little bit, pray about it, and then come and see if I agree with you or you agree with me or we'll all kind of combine together and agree with what God's doing. So that gives you the next six months. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to be here every Sunday. We do uh, record every message. So if you're gone but you do want to hear a particular message or in particular verses, you can just sign up out at the connections table. And we'll have that uh, tape for you the next Sunday. So anyway, we're going to be taking a look at that. One quick little prayer request. Usually I don't do that, ask for my own prayer request. But uh, many of you know that uh, I have a bridge in my mouth due to uh, high school basketball. I ran into the brick wall and ate it uh, and cracked and chipped all my teeth. Anyway, I have a bridge. And then they found that I had an infection last fall. And I actually have had a retainer in there. Uh, well, tomorrow I go in. They just called me on Friday. I go in tomorrow, uh, start, uh, uh, they put the implants back in. So I'm now uh, moving forward. Uh, but I did get a call that uh, I need to do the funeral of a high school friend of mine. Uh, her dad passed away. And so that's probably going to be Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, and I didn't know that, so I don't want to be swollen, a chipmunk, not be able to talk. So if you'll pray that God will give me grace. I go in for the implants tomorrow. And then I will be doing um, the funeral either Wednesday or Thursday. So I want to be able to try to talk and communicate. So if you'll pray for me, I'd appreciate that. So as we start this uh, look at the book of Ephesians today, we're going to look at uh, verses 3 through 6 in chapter 1. And I've entitled the message, Let's Make a Deal. Let's pray. Father, we come today to learn, to hear your word, to grow. As Lois said, for you to be the master potter and be able to mold and shape and form our lives according to your eternal purpose. And so today has great merit, has great meaning, has great significance as we offer ourselves and avail ourselves to the shaping of your word in our lives. We thank you and ask your blessing in Jesus name. Amen. How many of you remember the TV game show called Let's Make a Deal? Raise your hand. Actually, it was one of the early game shows. It originated in 1963, and uh, it was uh, co-produced and, and hosted by a guy named Monty Hall. How many of you remember Monty Hall? And so you're already with me. Uh, actually, uh, what took place is there were selected participants out of the uh, audience that got to come forward. And they were uh, presented something of value. And then they had a chance to decide whether or not they wanted to risk that for maybe something of greater value. You all kind of remember that? I think that's kind of for most of us. And so the reality is you could either hold on to it or exchange it for something better possibly. Or you could 
obviously get something worse. In a sense, God has communicated to all of humanity, let's make a deal. See, what we first received of value is life. Life is a gift from God. And I don't know about you, I'm type A and I'm driven and I'm passionate and I want a lot out of life. And so sometimes I don't stop or slow down to the old saying, smell the roses. Well, yesterday, it was a beautiful day. I decided to go get a run. I need to lose some winter weight. And I was out running and just the beauty of being outside. And I was looking at the mountains and and I actually watched a a couple girls and a guy and they were throwing uh, the ball to their dogs and the dogs were going to catch it. And for this moment that I don't live in very much, I thought, life is incredible. It's a gift. But I don't slow down or I don't appreciate it enough. But you know what? We've been given something of value, but God says, hey, I want to make a deal with you. I actually want to give you something even greater than that. It's called eternal life. But you've got to risk it. You've got to give up one to get the other. Did you know the Bible says if you seek to gain your life, you're going to lose it. But if you lose your life, you're willing to give up and risk that something's even better you can then gain it. Isn't that wonderful? God's deal is, he says, give me your old and broken down life. In exchange, I'll give you a new and transformed life. See, you know, this gift of life, as we know it right now, after our, uh, the parents of humanity, Adam and Eve, after they sinned and disobeyed, sin came into this particular life that we know it. And created brokenness and disease and weakness and heartache. How many of you know David Dumbler or Karen Dumbler? Sherry, thanks for going by and Wendy and I think Jim did. Um, Here's a gentleman that's 57 years old and he's dying of cancer. I'm watching that gift of life waste away day by day by day. But God says, don't hang your hat on that. How easy it is for us to take all of our energy and effort and and prioritization and make it about this life. But God's saying, I want to make you a deal. See, that life is diseased. It will fade away. It will get wrinkly. It, It will die. But what I want to offer you is a better deal. If you're willing to exchange it, I want to give you eternal life. Which is far better, it seeds the gift of life. And so today we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. And so if you want to go ahead and turn there in your Bible, but before that we'll give a quick little overview, which I did last week, about the book of Ephesians. The author is the Apostle Paul, and I want to thank you. You know, I tell you, you know, uh, what I'm doing here is only a springboard to your growth. It's a springboard. You really won't grow that much probably by just listening to me for 20 minutes, 25 minutes, 30 minutes in a morning. It's what you do with it after that. And I got an email today, and I don't think she'd mind. Usually I ask for permission, but this time I might have to ask for forgiveness instead of permission. But I want to thank Karen McLeod. She emailed me this week, and she went home, and she did her own study on the Internet of the Apostle Paul and Ephesus and some other. That's awesome. See, I'm just a springboard. But this book is written by the Apostle Paul, written about 60 or 64 A.D., just a few years ago, when Paul was in prison. He had a lot of time to think, and 
and focus and understand God's heart. It was written to the people who were living in a city of, of Ephesus, who was a very prominent uh, town at that particular time. The purpose was to explain to believers their life in Christ and to encourage them to live accordingly. Like I said last week, we need continued explanation. That's why God gave the gift to the church of preachers and teachers. So we would continue to, uh, they could explain to us further the depth and the the mastery and the wonder of the gospel. And as we live that life out, we need encouragement. So that's why we're looking at the book of Ephesians for the next six months. But I want to read to you verses 1 through 6 in Ephesians chapter 1, then we'll take a look at it. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Verse six, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us acceptable and accepted in the beloved. Now, uh, I see six things that we are incredible realities of this new deal. If we're really willing to give up and exchange this life, this blessing we've received, life, for eternal life, I see six things here that the Apostle Paul uh, hits real clearly uh, right off the bat. Six things. Number one, blessed. You see that there in verse 3? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. Those who are willing to make a deal with God and exchange this life for eternal life, the Bible real clearly says that we're blessed. In this new deal, it comes with a package of blessings. The word blessing means something to enhance or improve your life, to make it better. How many of you want to be blessed? Who would pass up that deal? The God of creation says, I want to make a deal with you. You give me your old broken ways, your old life, and in exchange, I'll give you a new life that includes blessings. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that God will bless you just because you're a human being. I thought I heard, uh, amen. But he promises for those who will turn their life over, exchange and make a deal with him, that you'll get blessed. How many of you can think of at least a blessing or blessings that God's provided in your life? Aren't those great? Don't you want more of those? I'm praying. No, I don't. I'm I'm a Christian. I'm spiritual. I don't want to be blessed. Oh, come on. Don't give me that. I won't buy it. Because God created us, and especially in this deal, to get blessed. That's not all of it. You get suffering, too, and you, you have to lay down your... I understand all of that, but let's not get so spiritual. How many of you want to be blessed? <laughs> what is it about the church? Well, I don't know. Oh, gosh, I don't live in that world. I'm human. There is a blessing that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. You don't need to be shy about that. Do you want to be blessed? Yeah, I want to be blessed. That's part of the deal. God says he's giving him himself. He loves to give good gifts to his kids. Again, that's not the whole package. How many of you have kids? 
How many of you just want them to have the worst things ever in the world? Ah, they make me so mad. No! There are those seasons. I understand. I'm a parent. But you, I want to give my kids the best. Where did I get that? From God. We were created in the image of God. I don't know anybody. Why in the world would anybody pass up this deal? If you run into people who have not received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, gosh, they need to make a deal with God. There is nowhere in the Bible that promises that God will bless you because you're a human being. But all through the Bible, God says, if you'll have a deep and, and viable and, and uh, authentic relationship with me, I'll bless you. That's a deal they shouldn't refuse. And you shouldn't refuse. It's right there. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. That's one of the ingredients, uh, one of the rewards of this uh, exchange life, making a, a deal with God, if you will. The second is the word chosen. Do you see it in verse 4? Just as he chose us in him. The Bible makes it emphatically clear that if you'll take God up on this deal and this new offer of receiving Jesus Christ into your heart, be Lord and personal Savior, you'll become a Christian. And if you become a Christian, the Bible says that you're chosen. Now, I know that you then chose him. But I want you to know that that he did something before you chose him. In theological terms, it's called irresistible grace. That God somehow brings a sense of his grace so irresistibly in your life that you decide to choose him. You couldn't do that on your own as a human being. The Bible says that we're caught in sin. We're sinners. We're imprisoned to our old nature. But God works in such a way He provides irresistible grace that then we respond. In 1978, when I decided to visit a church here in town called First Christian Church, and I sat in the back row because I didn't really want any preacher talking to me, had long hair, I was burned out, I was drug dependent, I hated everybody and everything. And I walked out of that church that day in the fall of 1978 and I look up and I said, Jesus, if you're real, come into my life. And he took me up on it and he came into my life. It looked like I chose him first, but guess what? He gave me some irresistible grace. He drew me to that church. He drew me to that place. I heard that preacher. Something came alive in me. I went out and I said, here I am. And at that moment, I began to realize he chose me. Friend, you're chosen not because of what you've done or what you've not done. You were chosen because of who he is and because he loves you. Isn't that a great thing? We've been chosen. Always remember that God is always the initiator and we're always the responder. Even when you think you're the initiator, you're always the responder. I was touched by irresistible grace. Not only was I blessed in this new deal, I realized I was chosen. It's a good thing. Number three, holy. Do you see it there? It says in verse four, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be what? Holy. Another great reward of this deal, if you will, is that we're made holy. How many of you are holy? Would you raise your hand? <laughs> I love church. Look around. Okay. Get some guts. 
be honest. Yes or no? If, if you're holy, raise your hand really high and keep it up. I know they don't do it. I'm not going back to that church. That pastor, gosh, dang, I don't like to be looked at and, and I don't want anybody to see me and I don't want to be wrong. And he sets me up. I'm never going back. Okay, I said keep your hand up. Oh, you guys are a bunch of holy people. Oh, my goodness. Hey, why do you want me to raise my hand? Al, I want to say something to you. I'm serious. I've never I've been in this thing a long, long time. And when I ask that question, you usually get about 10 percent of the people that raise their hands. I, I thank God for you. Not just because you answered it right. You did. Is because you've been listening and learning and growing. Either by some TV preacher, hopefully myself, or somebody else. The reality is, like I said last week, how many of you are saints? Raise your hand. You bet. All saints are holy. You're holy. That doesn't mean you feel like it. The Bible says there's two aspects of holiness. One's called positional holiness. And the other is practical holiness. Positional holiness is that when you receive Christ, Christ is in you and you're in Christ. And because of that position, you are made holy. Like the Bible says, you answered it correctly. I'm not just proud that you answered it correctly because you understood. Positionally, every Christian, every saint is holy. When God looks down at you, he sees his holiness. The second aspect of holiness is practical. That's where our, our choices and our decisions come in. And, and the, the problem or the error of so many Christians is when you ask them if they're holy, they think of one dimension. They think of practical. Well, I can't raise my hand. I can't say I'm holy because you know what I did yesterday or this morning or, or last week. Or They look at practical, not positional. But when somebody asks you, are you holy, you need to start out with the positional first, and then the practical should come with that. If we understand we are made holy by being in Christ, then we should improve our practical holiness. But you got to start with who you are first. Good job. Thank you, Lord. Part of this exchange, let's make a deal, is first of all, is that you get blessed. That you realize you're chosen and that God has made you holy by what he's done, not necessarily by what you've done. Fourth is predestined. I got to get going here. Um, You see that in verse five, having predestined us. The word predestined is pretty, pretty big word, right? We don't usually use that. It's to be predetermined or to determine or decide ahead of time. The church has been arguing for thousands of years over this one word and its meaning. And it came, and I'm, I, I could teach you a whole thing, and maybe you'll want me to, maybe you won't. Uh, have you ever heard of Calvinism versus Arminianism? Uh, once saved, always saved, you can lose your salvation. Have you ever heard those terminology? For thousands of years, Christians have been fighting whether they believe in Calvinism, was John Calvin was the guy that kind of 
formulated that and, and the rebuttal was a guy named Joseph Arminius. And so it's Calvin, uh, Calvinism versus Arminianism. And Calvinism is a belief that you, when you really receive Christ, you can never lose your salvation. Depending on no matter what you do, you're already been born again and you can't lose your salvation. The Joseph Arminian, the Arminian perspective says, hey, you got free will. You, you, you blow it. You decide to turn away from God. You run from God. You involve yourself in immorality. Then you can lose your salvation. And they've been fighting over this for thousands of years. Denominations are started over one particular word. Now, I can tell you what my particular persuasion is, but I just think it's so sad that we argue over one word. I had a chance to take a little walk downtown with Monty Knobel this week, and we were just looking around things we were talking about, and I, I think I got your definition, Monty, right? Destined to be conformed to the image of Jesus. However you want to look at it, the Bible says we're to be conformed to the image of Jesus. Whether you, can, you won't lose your salvation or you can lose your salvation, is that really what we want to divide over and focus? I'm telling you, in lots of churches in America, you better believe Calvinism or you better believe Arminianism and stick to it. Otherwise, you're going to fight. We, should, we don't need to fight about it. What I want to say to you today, I just believe Almighty God loves you so desperately, so very much. You're the apple of His eye. Your thought, His thoughts for you are more, upon the, than more than the sand upon the seashore. He knows how many hairs are upon your head. He knows you're rising up and you're sitting down. He knows a word even before it's upon your lips. He just wants to have a, a, a real, vibrant relationship, authentic relationship with you. Sure, let the theologians argue about it. And I can argue about it. I've been schooled. I know the position. I've read the Scriptures. What I care about is that you understand that in this exchange, this new deal, God says He's going to bless you. He says you're chosen. He says He's made you holy. And He's predestined to you for a better life. For this exchange of life and to spend eternity with him. You need to go. The next one's adopted. Do you see it there? It says uh, in verse uh, 5. Heaven be predestined as to adoption. Over the years I've met many people who've been adopted. Maybe there is some in here. And I've known many people who have adopted a child. Or have adopted children. The word adopted here in the Greek text. Just to, means to be made a member of the family. When you're willing to exchange with God in this deal of, of uh, life and you get eternal life, you are made a part of his family. That's why the Bible calls Christians sons and daughters. Have you ever thought about that? Why does the Bible call me a son or a daughter? It's because in being a Christian, taking this deal with God, you be a member of his family. And if you have been adopted or you have adopted, I assume you understand, that means you have all the rights of a family member. Isn't that a great thing? No matter what you look like, where you've come from, what you theologically believe, whether you agree with others or not, is if you've taken God up on this deal, you're not only um, blessed, you're not only chosen, you're not only holy, you're not only predestined, you got adopted into his family. There ain't a better family in the entire universe to belong to but the family of God. 
That is a good deal, my friends, and you need to understand that. Don't act like a stepkid in God's home. Quit acting with love. Quit acting like a stepkid. You're a son or you're a daughter. Man, be proud of that. I want my, I'm proud that this is my mom. I'm proud to have come from that family. I want my kids to be proud that they grew up in my home. I don't want them to go around, oh, I'm Jeff's son. I'm Jeff's daughter. I'm sure they feel that way a lot of the time. Don't you let anybody know that. No, that's not how we. I want them to say, you know what? I'm Jeff's son, and I'm proud of that. He's not perfect, but I know him. I know his heart, and I'm glad to be his son. I want my daughter to say, I'm I'm glad that's my dad. He's my daddy. I love it when my daughter calls me daddy. I just cry like a baby. I want her to say, man, I'm proud of my daddy. I'm glad that my daddy's my daddy. I'm glad I'm, I'm his daughter. We need to feel that way, God. I'm glad I'm God's son. I'm so blessed and so privileged. I don't deserve to be a part of his family. But he said, I'm adopting you. Come on in. You're a part of my... Oh, God, thank you. I'm so unworthy and I don't deserve it. But, God, I'm so grateful you've adopted me into your family. And the last one is accepted. Do you see it there? In verse uh, um, 6 there, to the praise of the glory of His grace by which He's made us accepted or acceptable. You see that as a Christian, you're accepted by God based on who He is and based on who He created you to be, not on what you do or you don't do. The reality is, it's so sad as so many Christians don't understand that. Actually, if you look up the Greek word to be accepted, it means to be highly favored. You're not only a part of his family and has he accepted you, but he highly favors you. What would be different in your life and in my life every day if we knew and lived in this reality? Not only have we have been adopted into his family, but we've been accepted and we're highly favored. I've been in this work a long time. I deal with broken human beings. I deal with people who are struggling with being human. And you know what I hear so often, nine out of ten times, what comes out of them is they don't feel accepted. They feel guilt and shame and unforgiveness and all kinds of terrible things about themselves. They've listened to the lie of the enemy. And they don't feel accepted. They don't feel highly favored. What would be different in all of our lives if we really understood that, not in our head, but in our heart? That God accepts you. Can you accept that right now? No matter where you've been, you know where you've been. No matter what you've done, you know what you've done. No matter what you've said, you know what you've said. No matter what you've given yourself to, you know what you've given yourself to. No matter what mistakes you've made, you know what mistakes you've made. But in and all of that, in this exchange, God says, let's make a deal. He has accepted you. That will never change. Not only did he accept you because he has to, he highly favors you. Some of you need to hear that today. Not here. You need to hear it here. God accepts you and he highly favors you. And nothing will change that. Nothing. Nothing. So, my friends, are you ready to make a deal? Today is let's make a deal at Connections Church. You've been given life. But you can exchange it 
for something even greater. It's called eternal life, abundant life found in Jesus Christ. So if you haven't done that, I'm going to ask you to simply say, God, I want to take you up on that deal. Like I did back in 1978. You can leave here today, do the same thing. Look up and say, Jesus, if you're real, come into my life. He'll come into your life. And if you're already a Christian, then this is a reminder. Today, when you exchange your life and you gasp Christ into your life, you gave it away, you exchanged it, what did you get? You're going to get blessings. You were chosen. You're holy. You're predestined. You've been adopted into His family. And you're accepted and you're highly favored. And nothing will ever change that. Amen? Put your hands together. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, now this is your time. Now, I'm the preacher. I get to preach. You know, what, you know where I'm leading, don't you? This is not time for you to preach. It's time for you to share a testimony. Well, I want to be able to preach like you do. Okay, well, talk to me afterwards and we'll uh, put you through a process so that you can prepare. So this is an open mic. We've got about uh, 10 minutes or so for you to share a testimony if you want. What I'd say is if somebody comes to the mic and they're sharing their testimony, if you want to, for the sake of time and flow, go ahead and just come on one of the front rows so you're ready to go. Because I preached too long today, okay? And uh, so we lost a little bit of time in there. I guarantee we'll be out by 12. Is that when the Masters comes on? Come on a little earlier. We'll be done a little earlier. So this is your time. If you want to come share testimony, Keep it short, sweet. Just tell us what God's done in your life. This open mic. About three weeks ago, um, my mother called my brother. She was having um, in her urine, there was a bunch of blood. So she called my brother and said, I think I need to go to the emergency room. So my brother took her in, and they did all these tests and said, you need to go see a, a urologist. So they set her up to go see the urologist. And um, he said, oh, you have a mass on your bladder. We need to remove it. And so surgery was scheduled, and she went in, and my brother called me 15 minutes later, and I go, I'll be there. I just have to drop my grandkids off to school, and I'll come to the hospital. He goes, don't bother. The doctor came out and said there was nothing there. Oh, man, that's great. Wow. Good morning. You know, I, I want to, this parallels exactly what Jeff was talking about with our identity, okay? I was blessed a number of years ago when the Lord uh, got my attention and He taught me that I am a perfect child of God. Mm-hmm. Ooh, tough one to stand up here in front of you guys and say. But, you know, I've, I've stood by that. Even in some of my different situations in life, small groups and everything, and said, no, I'm a perfect child of God. Do I sin? Do I fall down on occasion? Yeah. Does he still love me? Yes. Am I still a child of God? Mm -hmm. Do I still have his inheritances? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, Accepting that, understanding that, changed my approach on things. Changed how I, just how I live, okay? If I'm, if I'm child of God, 
And the world tells me to do this in business. But I go to him and ask direction. He usually tells me to do this. Okay? I just want to share with you, accepting who you are, realizing your identity, will change your life. Mm -hmm. That's a starting point for me. Amen. That's right on. I'm Monty. Just want to say thank you to this church. A few weeks ago, we wrote names on the bulletins or the pads for prayer, and that was before the dinner and the Easter service. And I had a friend from about three years ago that I worked with, and so I wrote his name down. Um, wrote the name of a family that I really don't have touch with, and I know that you're, you did, and we're praying for them. And I trust that that was cool. I wrote another name down. And I contacted those other two people. Um, One of them was very thrilled that I would think that they might want to come to church. They were working that morning and couldn't come. But the fellow that was a friend from three years ago uh, emailed or uh, texted me and said, I think that will work. And so he did come. He came to the breakfast and he came to church. And uh, it was good. Um, found out more about him and those kinds of things. Um, he is attending church. I don't know that he's a believer at this point, but um, the reason I'm here is to say thank you to you all. As Deborah and I have been here a uh, number of weeks now, we've gone home and asked each other, why are we going to Connections Church? It's kind of the same as everything else. And, you know, where is it? And I think the word that keeps coming back to Deborah and myself is authentic. And you're looking at me, but I'm looking at you. And those of you that we've met, we just feel like there's an authenticity to who you are and how you're expressing your faith. A lot of that goes to you, Jeff. But it goes to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. want to thank you. Good morning. Good morning, Carla. My name is Carla, and I've been attending here for about a year and a half. And um, came from Arizona after 30 years of living there. You can imagine, and I'm blessed with many, many friends. But at our ages now, many of my friends are terribly ill. Things are happening in their life. And every chance I get, I go to Arizona and try to do what I can do to maintain those friendships. I just got back yesterday. And I thank you, all of you, for your prayers. I constantly put people's names on lists, and I thank you for responding to that. Thank you, Lord. Um, But one of the things I wanted to say was thank you for making those CDs, because one one of the best things that happened this week was I took a collection of my CDs to a family whose lawn smith is in hospice at home. He and his wife are trying to manage. It's been a year and a half of ups and downs, but they can't get to church. They have no real support there. And uh, so I brought the church to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, wow. I already I made her promise she'd at least listen to one before I left town yesterday. And she texted me 
said she had. I haven't really gotten any feedback other than she fulfilled her promise to me. But um, we did have a chance with the hospice preacher who came to the house um, to pray all together. And I think they realized, and I'm sincere about the caring and the loving and the prayers that can be answered. And uh, through that, I found out that he does not pray. Lon does not pray because he doesn't know how. He um, purposely asked the minister, you know, how do you go about that? And he said, you just talk. You just talk. You can do it. You can do it in the bathroom. You know, whatever you want to do. Just tell the Lord what you need. Give him your, give him your sincere life and ask for forgiveness for whatever it is that you feel is in a, on your heart. And I was surprised. Lon's 72 years old and sincerely didn't know how to pray. So I'm hoping those tapes, the CDs and whatever, will bring them closer to learning how to pray, how to ask, and how to believe. Thanks. Amen. Good job. Okay, let's tell everybody thank you for sharing. I'm... um, I'm convinced, as we talked last week about grace and peace, and I'm praying every day for all of you, that God will just overwhelm you with more grace and more peace. So I assume a month from now, uh, those prayers are going to be answered. And so you can write it down on your calendar right now that uh, the second uh, Sunday of every month in this year, we're going to have a chance for you to come. And you guys all did a great job. Isn't it good to hear what God's doing in other people's lives? You know what? And pretty soon they'll want to hear from you. If you want to share that, so we want to give that. Instead of playing the closing song, let's just go ahead and let's stand and let's just close in prayer. God, in the best way we know how we come humbly before you. We thank you so much that you're the author of Let's Make a Deal. That you have given us the gift of life, but you want us to risk losing that so we can gain something even better. That abundant and eternal life in you, Lord Jesus. I just pray right now for this church. I just thank you for every person that's here today, right now. And I pray, Father, that you would bless them according to your word. That even this week you will surprise them with blessings that they didn't even see coming, or they didn't even anticipate. That this week will be a week of great blessings in these people's lives. If, Father, they will camp out on the reality that they've been chosen. Wow, God, none of us want to be looked over. <laughs> it's great to know when the God of the universe says, I want you. Let him know that. God, thank you so much that they understand that you have made them holy. That's awesome. That you have predestined us, God, to be adopted into your family. And in that, we are purely accepted and highly favored. Now, Lord, let this influence us and guide us and encourage us this week. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, God bless you. Love you. Have a great day. Look forward to seeing you next week. Just be blessed. Amen.